Hello and welcome to the Mental Health Gaming Podcast once again. I'm Bradley. And this week I'm joined by someone who had a conversation with the devil, Lucifer himself, and asked, I know they're bad people, but I tell you what, you're going to have some banging tunes down in hell. It's Stu. How you doing, Stu? Not too bad, not too bad. The devil said he wanted something to do with a fiddle, but I thought that sounded a bit dodgy, so yeah, I just backed away slowly. Well, he's got all the fiddlers, so... Precisely, in every sense of the word. Yeah. Is there anyone left in sort of like the industry from that era? Like, from, It's getting closer now, because it was like, oh, it was the 70s and 80s, so they're wrongans, but it was, at least it was that far back. Now we're creeping into the new millennia with them that arc anything that's that's just crazy yeah i don't think there's going to be any fewer of them i think it's just hopefully they're going to be easier to spot yeah yeah i think (laughs) i don't know why it was young you know it's i'm just picking names out of a hat you've got a 50 50 chance i'd imagine (laughs) i'm going nowhere near that because again lawyers all that sort of stuff (laughs) staying well away yeah Bleep that. Bleep those two names in editing. Uh, People could try and guess what we said. Yeah, fair enough. (laughs) There you go. There's a fun game. What names did Bradley nearly get us into litigation for? Yeah, there was Prince (laughs) Beep and also... (laughs) Yeah. I don't think... Yeah, that one's fine. You can get away with that one. But talking of not getting into litigation, do you know what doesn't get you into litigation all the time? What's that? Video games. That's correct. (laughs) What have you been playing, Stu? Well, I've been playing two sets of things. I've been playing something really old, over 30 years, and something that's so new that it hasn't even come out yet. But I will start with the old stuff. So I have been playing on a Super Famicom that I bought, and I've been, as I've said on the podcast a few times, I've been buying stuff in for a project. And what, what I'm basically doing is restoring the consoles, getting them in cheap, restoring them, cleaning them up, retro-brighting them to get rid of the yellowing, fixing any issues with them, and then sewing them on. Yeah. What I did was I got a couple of SNESs because they were quite, you know, reasonably priced, and I got one in and uh, I've retro-brighted it, got it all up and running, and before I sell it on, I'm going to play loads of games because I got a, a cart for it, you know, one of those EverDrive-style carts. Yes. And, yeah, so what I first started off playing was... Super Mario World, which Aww. yeah, which remains just the best Mario. Oh, man, I mean, it's just the greatest. Just so, I mean, you could go on rhapsodize about how good it is for ages, but I just pick out a couple of things that really stood out and that really speak to its level of you know the the amount of effort put into it. So the first thing is like obviously the variety. There's just tons and tons of variety. And all of your abilities can be used within those levels and all of that variety without them clashing and compromising, which is amazing. But also stuff like there are cutscenes, there's an overworld map. I know that was in Mario 3 as well, but it's much, much better here. The way that it hides levels off, like you can't even progress in certain parts without finding the secret exit. So it kind of does that Nintendo thing of here's a play way of understanding what this is about. And then there's a few levels which make it incrementally harder. And then it's one right, like goes, right, you can't progress past this unless you've learned what we want you to learn. And they grade it so well that you know that by the time that you get there. And it's just, just fabulous. It's so clever. The, the level of, of 
time and effort and detail that they must have put into that is just yeah. unbelievable. And just stuff like, you know, like at the end, the end credits, you know, that they show artwork from the game and, and name the characters and it has more cutscenes at the end and more artwork. And all of that might sound peripheral, but if you compare it to sort of a lot of games following that, so, you know, yeah, a whole 30 years worth, there are very few that put that level of detail and effort into it. And it it does transport you. It's not just, oh, there's a start screen and then you're into the game and the game's great and then you finish it. It's that whole, you're in a world. (laughs) You are in Super Mario World when you're playing it. it. It's just fabulous. And it's even by their own games, it's in that sense at least it's pretty much untouched yeah 100% if you take the old whole idea of scores i mean there's been games come out that have matched it and bettered it scores wise or whatever but i i still think every single platform game adventure game is that that's the golden target is super mario world whenever i get a new emulator or whenever i get a new system and it's available it's always my go-to game to see how it all plays the emulators or whatever yeah and i could dip back into it play a couple of levels don't care if my saves get carried over or anything just love going back in that 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 first hour especially is pure pure magic and i will go in i will play it if i save it good i'll carry on if i don't i'll play it again and I don't think Nintendo have ever got back to what Super Mario World is. I don't think any other platformer has ever got there. I don't think any other game has got there. And that is including my favourite Tetris spin-offs and that. For me, they are the pinnacle of games. It's both like the Tetris and, and Super Mario World. They are the pinnacle of what Nintendo have ever had to offer. Yeah, no, I think you're right. It's one of those that, you know, it's a spinal tap. It goes up to 11. Because, like, so many of those Mario games are clear 10 out of 10s, like, all day long. Yeah. But it's still a class apart. You know, it's still above that. And I think the way that I would describe it is, it's a perfect game. Yes. There, There's nothing in it. Oh, I'll tell you what, there's one tiny, tiny thing that barely even counts. That if you... If you keep some stuff alive so that there are more characters on screen than it's expecting, there's a teeny tiny bit of slowdown. Oh, I'm out. And let's burn their headquarters in Kyoto down to the ground. But um, it's just a part, you know, that is literally the only thing I can pick out. Everything else is absolutely, utterly flawless yeah. and better than everything else. And even though you know, Galaxy and Mario World 3D and, and, you know, Yoshi's Island and all of those are all clearly 10s. This is yep. still better than a 10. Yeah, and what, what it is, I mean, again, just in case anyone's confused by this, we are not saying every other game is bad. It's just, it's Super Mario World is at a level I don't think is touchable, personally. It's like saying to someone, what's the best film ever made? Well, it's Citizen Kane. You don't even need to have seen it. It's just, you know, that's it. Nothing's, that's the yardstick by which everything else is ever measured. I mean, I've only seen Citizen Kane once or twice, but, you know, I I get it. I get why. It's not my favourite film, but I get why that is the best film ever made. And it's the same with Mario World. I don't think you even need to have played it to go, yeah, fair enough. 
but it's not my favourite. I mean, it's not my, again, it's not my favourite game. My favourite game is, well, it's all the Tetrises yeah. put together. It's not my favourite game, but it's the best game I've ever played. Yeah. Yeah. I think all of that is completely fair. You know, it doesn't have to be your favourite game. Your favourite game can be something that's complete garbage. <laughs> you know, a lot of people's are. But Like Sonic 4 Episode 1. <laughs> oh, ouch. <laughs> Sonic 2006. Better than Sonic 4 Episode 1. Nasty, nasty. But yes, yeah, brilliant. So, uh, yeah, I stuck it on to, like, kind of test, and that was it. I was gone. And I didn't complete every exit, but I think I did about 60... 60 levels, which is, you know, yeah, <laughs> superb. Nice. Um, I would, if if Nintendo actually done a, <sighs> screw it, do a, just a re-release, charge me like 50 quid for the uh, Super Mario All-Stars bundle, I'd buy it <laughs> just because. I'd do that yeah. Nintendo thing, but do it with Super Mario All-Stars because... That was... Yeah. You know, the one that had Super Mario World in it, obviously, because you had the Super Mario yeah. Stars that didn't, but then you had one that did. Do the one that did, obviously. Yeah, that was, back in the day, one of the few kind of cheap re-releases type deals. Yeah. Uh, and it was such a ludicrous bargain. It was like the best bargain. <laughs> oh, it's just staggering. Yeah, yeah. even, I bought it, even I bought it. the lesser appreciated, because it isn't actually a Mario game, Super Mario 2 in the West, it's still a good game. It is. It's it's the worst of the of the series in that in that group, but it's still a damn good game. It is Doki Doki Panic. I want to say Some, something it? like that. Yes. Yeah. Not to be confused with Doki Doki Literary Club, which is something completely different. Uh, is that mucky? Is it? No, but it would be ruined if I spoke about it. Um, it's ah one of them. No, right. Yeah, it's you've got to play it. Not not know what you're going in playing to get the most from it. But <laughs> and that that's a weird divulgence from super mario world they're both japanese yeah <laughs> yeah well, there is that <laughs> um but yeah though no, moving on i've been playing something i i really enjoyed and it's 2d but it's a cut down version of an original classic and that is metal slug first mission and metal slug second mission on the neo geo pocket color emulator on the nintendo switch on an actual Neo oh. Geo pocket emulator thing screen. Uh, so, basically, SNK are re-releasing a bunch of their Neo Geo pocket colour classics on Switch, PC, probably on the other consoles as well. And the ones I, I, I picked up was uh, Metal Slug First Mission, Metal Slug Second Mission as a double pack. And I used to love... Neo Geo pocket colour was probably the one handheld where I went, yeah, you know, this is... Maybe better than the Game Boy. There's some really good games on here. I I, I do enjoy it. Um, so you know, it's the first one that made me go. Oh, there are other handhelds, and I did. I love. I wish I never sold it. There, I had quite a few games on that. Yeah. But anyway, Metal Slug First Mission, Second Mission, uh, perfectly serviceable Metal Slug games. Not as good as their Big Brother arcade counterparts. They are seriously cut down because they was made to fit on a like what we're talking nineties Neo Geo Pocket Color late nineties. Uh, mid-90s possibly even I don't know yeah mid I think yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so they are seriously cut down but they're really enjoyable you use the uh, 
their faux, it wasn't an analog stick, it was a little clicky stick type thing, but you, um, you obviously use the analog stick on the um, on the Switch. You use that to move your character and aim, and then you've got two buttons for shooting and jumping, that's it. Yeah. Plays really well, looks really good, and do you know, like with Retro Arch, where you can have your, like, your skins, um, so you get, like, to make it look like you're actually playing in an arcade cabinet for, like, Donkey Kong, it kind of bends the screen slightly and puts the overlays on it yeah well it's got it's got a neo geo pocket overlay on it and it's it's really cool <laughs> except it took me ages to realize you can actually change the skins and zoom it in naturally and stuff like that because it shows the entire neo geo pocket color and then the little screen inside that and you're kind of going oh i can't see this i'm gonna have to use the switchy zooming in feature you're playing it <laughs> then i found all the yeah. um the the things you can change all the skins so you can have like the um like the blue camo version you can have the um ah, oh, what's that like carbon fiber version there's the white version and all <laughs> stuff like that or you can turn it off completely and you can have the uh like the filters like the poor screen filter on there so if it's that bit too dark as though as though you need your own light to do it it's really good or you can turn it off and have it as a just a, you know a proper like display which is which is really good and Honestly, it's just great fun games for picking up, playing for five minutes, passing the time. Because that's what I, I think sort of like all SNK games were great for, was just that blast of just five, 10, 15 minutes. You didn't go into them deeply. You was designed, they was designed around wasting your quarters or your, you know, your 50p's. And that's what you get with even, I think, the Neo Geo Pocket colour conversions of games. And yeah, absolutely superb some people might go, well, it's not the best version, and, oh, you know, it does this. Well, I don't care. It was great fun. And there's a little Neo Geo pocket colour on my Nintendo Switch now. Yeah. I played them back in the day. I used to own that machine, and I owned the games. I think I only owned the first one. Yeah. Um, And it wasn't... It wasn't boxed, but I still sold it for less than I should have done. Um, I wasn't a fan of that console mainly well there were a couple of reasons the main one was i never liked that joypad mm-hmm. i know loads of people do but i i never i clicked with it ironically um it also the later pad that was released for the full neo geo machine used a similar thing but larger and i didn't like that either but also i didn't like the screen ratio which is a weird kind of it's either three to four or four to five, so it's it's higher than it is wide. Yeah, which is really strange, and it means that the games the games that are side scrollers don't work very well on it. Like the Sonic game that they brought out, yeah, um, technically good, you know, looked good, but yeah, that that view not great. But it was the best one I found on it was Neo Turf Masters. Yes, um, that was a cracking version of that game not as good as the the full neo geo version mm-hmm. which i've never owned because although i owned a neo geo even that like back ooh, what was it 20 odd years ago when i owned neo geo it was too expensive to buy that game yeah you, you're not a millionaire no um, you, no. you had a choice you could either buy yourself a wimpy or neo turf masters <laughs> basically but yeah no i mean i i loved it purely for one reason and one reason only obviously the other games were a bonus and it's almost the same re- the main reason why i've also got a pandora box arcade stick uh double arcade stick can you guess what game it is uh neo turf masters no no you know me Stu. come on you know me you know the sort of games i'm into probably tetris attack or 
puzzled upon or something. Puzzle bubble. Ah, <laughs> oh, puzzle yeah. bubble. There we go. Um, yeah, puzzle bubble on the Neo Geo pocket colour. When I first saw that, I went, "Yeah, I'm having that." Yeah, um, I, I will get that. I didn't get it on its like I didn't get one for myself on its original release, but I ended up picking one up in like Game Station or something like that. Um, and yeah. For just purely for that awesome and this is the main reason i've got a pandora's box is so i can play puzzle bubble 3 or puzzle bubble 4 against the family on the tv <laughs> nice because those games are just brilliant yeah. though, aren't they? yeah and there's puzznik as well um that was a really good game oh yeah that, that's that's, a, that's a good game yes um except all the versions you get have got like naked ladies when you complete them it's really weird what? <laughs> yeah, no, they t- managed to turn Puznik on the arcade ones. I don't know if it's just the emulation versions or whether it's just something the Japanese did, but it's got sort of like risque pictures of Japanese women. It's just like <laughs> with, um, you know, Japanese vertical shooters, it's kind of like, hmm, what could make this better? Oh, yeah, great big pair of tits. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, what the hell are you doing, man? Yeah, but yeah, that, that that's, that's over quite a few different roms of lesser known games the magical drop games suffer from that as well um, so it 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 was the japanese era yeah but i'm gonna stop talking before i get into more litigation so god you've been playing something new us Stu. what have you been playing because we've both done retro now yeah so the only thing that i've played other than yeah, caning some stuff on the, the Super Famicom, which I've been very restrained. I've only dipped into three games, uh, you know, and there's hundreds on there that I can play. But the, the only one that I've played that wasn't those was Halo Infinite, the flight, the most recent flight, Flight 2, basically the beta test. So, yes. Yeah. So th- they call it a flight now, which means an in-flight test, basically, of, of the online capabilities of the game. and um, Because we can't, have, stri- we can't have betas or demos anymore. No. Oh, God, no. You've <laughs> got to have some cheesy little you know, dude bro kind of explanation for it. Yeah. And flight is the one that they sold on. So probably over a kegger. Um, but, yeah, it's a kind of eye-opener. So it's on PC. Uh, it immediately detected my ultra-wide monitor, which is great. And... It's, it's it's really good. It it looks like total bomb. Yeah, <laughs> like it's just. I, I know people. I've seen out people out there defending it, going, "Oh, it's it's got that chunky Halo aesthetic, and you know, it's deliberately looking like that." No, <laughs> no, it's it looks like that because it's you know going to have to work on an ancient console, basically. Yeah, as well as the modern ones. But I mean. It doesn't matter very much. It really doesn't because it's it's a really cracking Halo game. Now, I'm not really a big multiplayer kind of guy. I'll I'll dip into the multiplayer of that competitive, like with my friends. If if they'll come into a team with me, yep. I'll do that. You know, that's fine. I'm mainly about the single player, but I, I only got to play against bots as well. But really, really good. So, you know, the main new mechanics being the balance of the weapons so they're kind of slightly weaker which which is actually good i'd say it takes about 10 or only like 10 or 15 percent like more damage to kill somebody yeah but it's significant you feel it um the pistol's been nerfed which is great because it doesn't just become you know get the pistol then get the battle rifle and you can take anybody on there's a great range of uh, pickups like the the grapple hook and and the energy shield, and you've got hit 
like hit reaction boxes that you can see on the armor of who you're shooting so you can see whether you're hitting their legs their arms their torso the head and those are all just like little little things built up and and the levels themselves that i played were excellent really really good arenas so it bodes really really well for the release in in december it, it's looking really great yeah, I'm. I'm looking forward to this part. I mean, when, uh, this is like, like I don't know if it's Game Pass that's doing this now, but I kind of went when I heard like it's going free to play for the multiplayer. I went, oh, excellent! I can give that a go, and I realised, hang on, I've got Game Pass. I can give the whole bloody thing a go. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's just like, I know, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, but yeah, Halo is one of those. Halo Two, I really got into big time, um, and then. Yeah, me too. Basically, my history of um, online shooters and what I've enjoyed goes from like Unreal Tournament on the PC, Quake 3 Arena on the Dreamcast, Halo 2 on the Xbox, a bit of Call of Duty, Modern Warfare. Um, that was interesting, and a couple of those. And then I kind of went, until Titanfall 2. That's still that, that's the modern benchmark for me. That is still the best online shooter. Bring it back please just like re-release that switch version yeah that'll do it'll, it'll run on a switch do that <laughs> you will actually yeah. yeah well if apex legends can then so can titanfall 2 and then i kind of enjoyed halo 4 not halo 4 what was the last one called five guardians yes yes i can't keep up with names and numbers um yeah halo 5 guardians got a bit into that and enjoyed it so I'm really excited for this because I Halo's holds a special place really in my heart in terms of online multiplayer because if you crap at it and you still enjoy it, that's all that 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 tells you how good it is. Um, and I'm crap at Halo online, but I bloody enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, I I love playing it in co-op. It's just so good. Yeah, it's just brilliant. I love it's the it's one of the few games. In fact, it might be the only game that plays differently enough but similarly enough but distinctively enough across single player co-op and multiplayer competitive yeah um i think it's the only one I'm, I, i've not played them all by any stretch but it, i think you know yeah i think it might be the best one for that especially because then there aren't many that you can there aren't many games that you can play co-op um online that are as satisfying as either the single player or the competitive multiplayer. So. No, I agree, and it's one of the only ones where you can have just as fun an experience single player as you can co-op as well, and multiplayer. You know, it, the fun transfers to all of them f- for the most part. Again, people are going, but it doesn't. I get there's caveats and stuff like that, but for me, it's the only one where I've gone from enjoying the single player story campaigns, whatever, to playing a bit of co-op, which has been brilliant, and just absolutely rinsing it online as well and just had just as much fun whereas i think even with like the call of duties um that you get the sometimes i've just preferred the story um titanfall 2 actually that comes close because that's got the, that's the best single player shooter ever come at me <laughs> and the multiplayer on that is brilliant as well so yeah but yeah halo you, you, you you're wetting my whistle for that one Stu cool yeah i think it's really well placed as well so i think the people who played multiplayer halo 5 really liked it but you had to a lot of people didn't like the single player and i can completely understand that it had a lot of flaws 
so you weren't going to go oh well okay I'll buy it in the hope that the multiplayer is good and then I'll convince my friends to buy it so obviously you know your market's really dropping low and I think also if you went Halo free to play it would you know it would lose just being on you know being on the Xbox it would lose them too much money yeah everyone would play it and it would just you know it would be not enough people would buy horse armor to recoup the costs yeah I think Game Pass is absolutely 100% designed for this game because people will jump in and they will try all three modes if they want and make up their own minds and the ones the whales who are going to spend the money on all the other stuff will you know they will bring in an absolute ton of cash and the shortfall will be made up by the game pass subscription and it'll hit a massive massive audience because of that so yeah i think it's perfectly placed to be a really big success yeah uh, without going too deep into the psychology of all this i think this is a big testing product for microsoft because if you get a good uh, uh, if you get a good multiplayer and people jump in for that. It's free to play. You might as well. Uh, people have that attitude. Oh, this is really good. I wonder what the uh, single player's like. Ah, oh, do you know what? I'll sign up for a month of Game Pass and see what it's like. You, you, you've got, you know, as, as we know with it, if you, for every one, that, sort of for every 10 that maybe sign up to have a look, nine might go, but you keep one who forgets to, like, get rid of their subscription. Yeah you've got those in there and they're hooked by the other games and stuff like that. I do wonder whether they're doing, whether they also done the free to play on the multiplayer because the single player maybe isn't quite up to scratch um, and they don't want it all focused on that. I don't know. It's very hard to tell because Halo as a series has kind of fluctuated from two. Three was, I thought was really good. Uh, I think four and five were up and down. ODST, that was just like, obviously, that was amazing. Um, the spin-offs have been varying degrees of success. I, I don't know what to expect from the single player um, and the story. Yeah. So that that's going to be interesting to see what comes from that. Uh, but I, I think the move to free-to-play is a way of maybe diverting any negative attention away from a potentially bang average single player. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not free to play, but yeah, I, I take your point. Um, no, I free think... to play on the multiplayer, I mean. Right. Um, so, is the single player game going to be uh, paid? Is it part of Game Pass? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all completely part of Game Pass. Um, yeah. But if you don't have Game Pass, you buy the single player, um, and you get the. But the multiplayer is just pure free to play. Right. Gotcha. Okay. But no one's. I mean, what Microsoft said, people do buy, but it's, um, again, I could see they're going to release that with another big, like, £1 offer for Game Pass. Yeah. Because it's a great way. It's a it's the, the flagship title. Get people in on that. Charge them a quid to try out Game Pass and see how many stick. 30 million subscribers they're at now, apparently. Whoa. <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot of money coming in every month. <laughs> it really is. God, yes, that's fantastic for them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm one of the 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 idiots as well. I don't play enough Game Pass games realistically for it to be worth me having it at the moment. Right. But why get rid of it? It's there. <laughs> it's like it's like it's like having Netflix. You don't always watch it constantly, but you don't get rid of it because you just know it's there. So you kind of like forget the money that's being paid out for that. 
Yeah, but also, don't doesn't your son play on it quite a lot? Yeah, but screw him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no, yeah, screw him. But <laughs> he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 the value, isn't it? He's getting the value out of it. Yeah, it's valuable. He doesn't get yeah. much pocket. Well, he doesn't get any pocket money. But yeah, he gets. You know, we pay for that monthly, so he gets that. And I'm paid up thanks to some generous people. I'm paid up to like next year sometime. So um, it's only for his sub that we're paying for. But as I said, it's that's thirty million at. You know, when we see people that go, oh, I've signed up for three years using the the hack and stuff like that, that's a very, very small amount of people. So if if you said, oh, there's two million are doing that, they're not. There's probably about 2,000 people maybe at most doing that trick. Yeah. But well, if you it's t- the same, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, if you say, like, so there's 28 million at a ten of a pop, that's 280 million a month coming in. That's ridiculous yep. money. Yeah, I know. I know. It's insane, isn't it? Yeah. And people were wondering yeah. how Microsoft were going to make money out of Game Pass. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's a fabulous service. I mean, I kind of like I will go months without playing anything or only dipping into like one little indie. Yeah, and that's not great. That would sound like it's not great balance for me. But then I'll be like, oh, I fancy that. I fancy that triple A, and I'll play like three triple A games within four weeks. Yeah, and that's paid. That just in itself is is the whole year of AAA he's paid for, yeah. and also then I'll be playing, you know, and then two or three months down the line I'll do that again. So I'll probably pay play two hundred and fifty quid's worth of games for my hundred and twenty quid or whatever is subscription, you know. Yeah, I mean, I I play Game Pass, uh, play AAA games, and treat AAA games the way a lot of people treat indies, in which I don't like them it's just the name AAA puts me off um, but we know marvel's avengers is coming i don't want to pay for marvel's avengers but it's coming on game pass i'll dip in and have a look and see what that's all about now uh, that's the way i treat it it allows me to demo AAA games that i really don't want to pay 60 quid for <laughs> exactly yeah so superb yeah yeah but anyway moving on because that again that's a much deeper conversation overall next game i've been playing is a game called tetragon and again, you'll be surprised to hear it's not a AAA game. <laughs> oh my god! I know it's a puzzle platformer, single right, but obviously not just puzzle platform. Why don't just go and do puzzle platformers? Ooh. That's that's too easy. It is. It's a single screen puzzle platformer. Ah. Okay, so we've basically in, in your bubble bubble mold. Yes. No. <laughs> um, yes. Sort <laughs> of. Sort of. Bit more, but more like a scapegoat. There's a name you haven't heard for a while. I've never. I don't think I've ever heard it. Nah, it was a big. It was big during one of the early days on Xbox Live Arcade. I want to say early days, but maybe it's just after the early days, after the big successes. Right. Basically, it's a single screen. But the idea behind it is your father looking for his son. Blah blah blah. A bunch of other crap. I don't really care about. Um, I, I struggle with stories. But yeah, it sets it out. And all I remember is your father looking for his son. Um, and you've got to go through. You get magical powers and blah blah blah. Anyway. The main concept of it is this story is to set up. You basically get these uh, up to about, I think there's like 50, 60 rooms you go through in three different locations. Um, They all look lovely, by the way. There's like this green area. There's like this like um, church glass stuff. What's that church glass stuff called? Stained glass. Stained glass, yeah. Um, Church glass stuff. Jesus Christ, my ADHD (laughs) is ridiculous. Um, There's, yeah, so stained glass type area, and then there's this really sort of like, I want to say it's almost like out of space, but it's not. It's just like this magical looking area as well that changes the palette. 
But anyway, you go in and you get these powers where you can rotate the world and you have to try and get to the exits, which often look like they're in impossible places. So you're like, oh, rotate the level, go to this other stone. This allows you to rotate the level, rotate the level, walk up to the exit, out. Yay, that, that's fun. Do a couple of levels like that. And part of me is going, Jesus Christ, this is going to get boring quite quickly. But then you get this um, lantern type thing that allows you to then select these little mini towers that are in the ground. They're, they're signified by ancient uh, symbols. And you basically, you use your right button and you can select all the different towers and you can raise them, lower them, or et cetera, et cetera. And then you have to combine moving the towers with the rotational effects you can also get to move the level about to basically get to even more increasingly difficult exits so you might use the towers to create some steps to get up and then you might on another one have to create steps that go up but then you have to create a landing so that when you rotate the level you don't fall too far and you land on the t on one of these little towers change where the other towers go and basically manipulate the level like that cool now when you try and describe it it sounds really difficult it's like that sounds like really convoluted and complicated but what I think these sort of games live and die on is how they onboard you, how they progress you through to the most complicated stuff. And this does it spot on. Couple of levels without the ability to do the towers, then a couple of easy levels with doing the towers, and then it just gets more and more difficult, but without be but it doesn't change the mechanics much so it's not difficult because of more mechanics you literally just have to go and think more i mean i got to a level about 30 odd levels in and i'd struggled with a couple and then i came to one and just went oh okay this is really easy i'm just gonna do that and then i'm up there and i'm done and it just it was really simple and it's spotted but you feel like a, a like a genius when you complete one it's one of those where you feel like a genius and then you go to the next level and you're like uh okay Okay, someone needs to re-educate me because I feel thick. <laughs> but yeah, really, really nice game. But I played it across a week or so, putting maybe an hour, half hour in at a time. And yeah, just really decent puzzle platformer uh, with a more of an emphasis on the puzzle. That sounds really good. Yeah, yeah. I I like it when they, it kind of mixes up the mechanics. It doesn't do anything that you uh, would be completely off put by or would struggle to comprehend and yep. then yeah the flow of it's really good and yeah sounds sounds good so what what were you playing that on on the switch that's on the switch but it's on pc and consoles as well i believe yeah so what it does i think we've spoke before about other games that i played where they don't seem to trust a single mechanic and they try shoehorning other bits yeah this is definitely a game where they've gone right this is our mechanic we trusted it but i said the story that goes around it is convoluted crap but most stories are in games, so yes, they are. I kind of unless it's a story game, a story-based game like Coffee Talk was, for example. I don't really care. Just get me to the action. Yeah. Um, give me a little bit of flavour text, and yeah, off we go. I mean, again, I love Puyo Puyo Tetris. I couldn't tell you what the story was in those games because they need a story in the single player. Really, not needed. So if you're in it for the story. Don't get your opinion from me, but in terms of the actual gameplay, the puzzle solving, really good, really good. Awesome. Yeah. No, that's really good. So I like to hear of these little successes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's, okay. This is how most people go. Oh, yeah. We'll try this game Brad really likes and then goes, oh, wait. No, Brad likes it. Probably might not be as good. 
<laughs> well, no, because I mean, I'm not I, a good arbiter of this. Is is my gameplay? Because I almost never touch these things. But you know, you raved about Mixalumia, and I played that, and yes. I, you were entirely right. It's absolutely fantastic. Not to yes. say that you're always right, but no, apparently yeah, I'm very, very wrong about Skatebird. <laughs> oh some God, pe- really? Some people really, really do not like that game. Oh, I thought you were going to say some people really dislike it because no, you were kind really of in the d- middle. D- people were... really dislike it. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I honestly thought you were going to say people, yeah, really like it and were annoyed at you. I think that just shows that you were very fair because you, you kind of said, you know, it's not perfect, but it does some good stuff and it sits in the average. Yeah, I mean, I just like games. I can't help it. Uh, apart from Sonic 4, that can yeah. go die in a fire. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have always. Again, I love it, the fact that I've had um, companies, uh, I had a PR company come at me for my bad review on that when I was at GameStar, and it's still my most favourite moment as a reviewer. Yeah, you should be proud of that one. Yeah. So I, I've been playing one more game. And do you know when people talk about underrated gems? And then they reel off stuff that where most people go, oh, yeah, I love that game because it isn't actually an underrated gem. Yes. Well, I've been playing one that I played back on the Xbox 360 that I still believe is a very underrated gem that most people have either A, never played it, or B, never even heard of it. And it deserves to do better than it ever did. I'm not talking about you're enslaved, where everyone accepts that's a really good game or or anything like that. I'm talking about a game called El Shaddai. Ah, yes. Now... That went completely under the radar. You had times where, like, <clears throat> remember me was out around that time, as I enslaved Odyssey to the West, um, and, a f- and a few others. And I had these listed in my head, and the ADHDs made me forget what the other games I'd listed in my head were. Fair point. Um, but it's El Diet is one. And it's, for me, it's probably one of the most art house video games I've ever played. Um, and it's got faults. It's got faults. You can find reviews in the original game wherever you look. So I'm not going to go into that. But it's got a remaster on PC. Could be on other stuff. I haven't got a Scooby. But I've been playing it on PC, um, dipping in and out of it uh, because it's very bright. That's my only issue with it. It's very, very bright. So I, I really struggled to play it. Yeah. But it, that's the nature of that game. It's like a very bright looking game. It's set like it's sort of like almost heavenly in places and stuff like that. Still plays really well. Um, but I, I can't, I don't, know, I don't know if it's my vision that's an issue, but I can't quite see what the remaster's done to it. <laughs> it, it looks the same as it did. It, you know, I think it's one of those, the art style means it didn't actually need much, if any, work doing to it. Yeah. It plays the same as I can remember, which means it's like a damn good fun, like, it's not even fun. It's an experience of a game. Again, it does nothing wrong. You might, I think there are some parts where you go, this bit needs to be over now, shorten this bit and stuff like that. So I mean, there's like areas where it's just too long or you do, do get some areas that's just nothing where you're, where you're moving through and it's like not much happening. You, go, you could shorten that a bit. Uh, but overall, I think it's a really good game that really got lost in like the, the shuffle somewhere and deserved much more attention than it got. Um one of, the, one of the only games I bought brand new and sold as a profit as well, by the way. I think I bought it for about 30 quid from game. And then a few years later, I think I sold it for about 45 quid. Because, ah. yeah, it didn't get... You'll say, that, that's how under the radar it was. 
But yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting game. I, I really enjoy it. And again, I don't want to say too much about the game because it would ruin it for those who do want to experience it. And it's out on Steam. And I'm just going to have just the quickest of looks. Not bad, actually. It's 20 quid on Steam. Uh, considering it was a, a full price release, almost, I think, when it came out. It's 20 quid on Steam. It's well, well worth it. It's getting very positive reviews on Steam as well. So, again, I don't know if this is a new audience or whether this is people that have played it before, like me. But it's in that, that ballpark of it's not much of a risk. Give it a go. Um, and there's definitely certain fun to be had with it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was very tempted. I followed it in the run-up to its release originally. Yeah. And I was interested. And then... I was like, yeah, but I'm going to wait for reviews because it looks like it could be on the fence. And then a lot of the reviews were very middling. Yeah. And I think also, didn't it? You won't know, but I think it was at 30 frames per second as well. I don't think it was 60 frames. Uh, I think that was the final nail in the coffin for me. Um, and also, you know, it was, I think it was comparatively expensive and there weren't very many copies around. So you couldn't like pick it up at five quid, which yeah. is, you know, speaks to your experience of selling it on for yeah. you know i think that becomes the death knell for smaller games like this sometimes is where i mean cooler world that that became ridiculously expensive for an average game yeah but what this has actually one thing i want to point out is um and it, it came back to me when i played near automata there's a couple of levels in that that really reminded me of something and at the time i couldn't put my finger on what it reminded me of like this 2d platforming in a 3d world it's El Shaddai. There's areas of that in El Shaddai that are in Nia Automata. Automata. Is it Automata or Automata? Well, it's a dead language. So... Whatever <laughs> I want it to be. So it's whatever you want it to be. Okay. Same with I'm yeah. probably saying El Shaddai wrong. But anyway. No, um, that's right. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, it's that is in there. It's not as good as Nia Automata. Automata. Automatrons. Whatever. I don't care. Um, it's not as good, good as that. But... When I now it's all come together going, ah, that's why it was so familiar in that because it's again, it reminds me of El Shaddai. Um, and it, yeah, so it's one of those games I think that has lent itself to other stuff moving forward, but people, but most people will never remember it. Um, and I'm hoping sort of like this gives it a bit more attention and that it sells well enough that more people become aware of the game and just give it a shot. Again, you might not like it, many people might not like it. But give it a go if you get a chance. Um, I'm not even going to say buy it full price because it will get a Steam sale. Stick it on your wish list. When it's a sale, maybe get it if you're really that unsure. But at 20 quid even, if you've got it and you're looking for something to play, I can definitely recommend this. Well, I'm definitely getting it um, because now that any technical fault's being ironed out by it being on PC and it being cheaper, yeah, it's a definite purchase for me. But again, like you say, I'll wait. I'll wait for the price to drop a little bit. It's not something I'm absolutely desperate for. But yeah, I'm looking looking forward to having a go at it. But yeah, I mean, talking of stuff that, that unfairly goes under the radar, there's about, God, I could probably name 10 off the top of my head that are absolutely amazing that almost nobody has played and they're all PC VR games. Yeah. Because nobody nobody's played <laughs> practically any of them and some of them are, the, are some of the best games of the last five or 10 years. And it's a real shame. So I'm hoping that when PS5 VR comes out, that it will bring a load of that stuff across. They'll buy up a load of them and people actually get to play them. 
See, what I'm what I'm expecting to happen in I reckon the next five years, what current VR technology we have will be super cheap to make. And then if they can start sticking out headsets for silly money, I mean I'm on about fifty to hundred quid, something like that. Then that's where people will go, do you know what? Yeah, I'm in. Let's give it a go. And then you could do bundles of these games. You could probably sell a... What's, what's Steam's one? Is it Oculus? No. Five? Do you mean Valve? The Valve Index? Yeah, yeah. Is it yeah. Index? I see... There's so many of them as well. I know. If they can release that and go, right, slight loss leader. We won't care about making money on the actual VR unit. So we'll get that out really cheap. But here's a bundle of the best of VR you might have missed for 150 quid all in with the unit, the games and everything. I think that'll get more people into it. But at the moment, it's such an investment still to get into these games on top of a big investment already because you can't just buy a PSVR. You need a PlayStation, whether that's a PS4 or a, a PlayStation 5. You're not going to buy a PlayStation 4 and a VR now because it's still quite expensive, knowing that you probably would go to the PS5 version. The VR market on PC is just, I don't get it. There's some different storefronts, some not different storefronts. I know some probably work with Steam, others might not work with Steam. I don't know. I mean, you could probably answer all these questions, but the fact is, someone who's into video games, I don't know. Yeah. So God knows what that's like for the wider market. And therein's the issue. But it's, yeah, I, I, I would love to play. I mean, I, I've seen your library. You've got a bunch of VR games on there that I would love to give a go. But just the barrier. I tried to get up a PSVR to the PC. And whilst it worked, it was cumbersome. I was having to fight against it constantly. And it just wasn't fun to use but in that way. But I will hopefully one day get a VR unit and give it a go again. Yeah, it is awkward. It is awkward. The only headset that's really selling at the moment into the consumer market is the Oculus Quest, which is, you know, hands-free. It's just no cables. It's everything built in. And I think that for VR, in the form that it's in, i.e. it's a head-mounted device that isn't like a pair of glasses or, you know, Google you know, Google Glass or whatever, um, or any kind of future AR or holographic thing. For VR, I think it's only ever going to be that that sells, and that's definitely where Facebook are going. They're producing another one. They've got a, a, a showcase very soon. I'm not sure exactly when, but within the next month, I think. Mm. And they'll no doubt do a Quest, they'll be showing off a Quest Pro or a Quest 3, yeah. you know, something like that. And that's that's where it's at, which is fine as long, but the problem is because, I mean, I won't, I won't talk on this too long, but the, the problem with that is they're alone in that market and therefore they can release substandard products and yeah. they, they will, you know, it won't be like the Steam Deck, for example, which is a lot of really expensive equipment crammed into a handheld, but is being sold cheap. It's not that at all. It's because they, you know, Valve want to compete with the Switch. Yeah. It's it's not that at all. It's we've got this market to ourselves. We'll put you know a fairly bog average mobile phone in there, and we'll charge six hundred dollars for it. So, yeah, it's a real shame. It's a real shame because, and I assume you can't use it 
connected up to a PC as a standard You can, VR. you oh, can, okay. yeah, and people, you know, people can. But is that but, is that a workaround still? It's not just plug and play, is it, or is it? I think it's it's comparatively plug and play, yeah. but the thing is that you need a good PC, yeah, you know, um, because the the stuff that will actually run on a Quest is the really low end stuff. Right now, that doesn't mean that it's it's ugly by any stretch. Beat Saber runs on it, and that's a gorgeous looking game. Um, but it's very, very simple, and yeah. it will, you know, it it is basically like tied up PS3 level graphics at a high resolution, and you know the stuff, the stuff that is in VR, most of it is tarted up PS4 graphics because even a powerful machine, you know, is, is going to struggle running basically two games at once because because it has to do it in both eyes, yeah, uh, you know, 120 frames per second, so. Yeah, yeah. It's it really needs either a bumping, uh, you know, a bumping investment, a big competition, you know, format war, you know, it, it needs a real shake up for something to change. Yeah, it's a shame, but uh, you know, I think those games will eventually get a platform that people can access at a reasonable rate. So yeah, sooner the better, really. Yeah. So, moving on from games, uh, just uh, uh, hopefully we get into the end of my eye updates. Um, but obviously, I think last week I spoke about I had my surgery and I had a follow up on the Friday, uh, which was after recording. And I've been told that my left eye now is completely dead, which I'm okay with. My surgeon was kind of shocked at how okay I was with it. Because I went, he went. Oh no! Looking at it, it doesn't look like it's anything's worked, which is bad news. And I went, no, that's all right. And he was like, sorry. No, it's fine. Come to terms with it. And he went, oh, it's very pragmatic of you. And I said, well, before I'd come to terms with that, I'd never be able to see out that eye again. So um, you said it was unlikely to work. So there you go. It's I've already got used to it, and it's an absolute. And he went, oh, most people get quite angry or upset at that and I went but it's an absolute at least I know I can plan around never having vision in my left eye now yeah. whereas before it was always up in the air and that's worse for me I, 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 the only thing that annoyed me was I didn't want the operation done because I didn't think it was going to work um, and it was kind of pushed into it and that that's annoyed me somewhat especially as we are now a week two two weeks after the operation and I'm still in pain yeah not like horrible pay, but it's irritating. It's like, oh, I just really could have done. My, my eyes are no better, and I could have got away without having the op. What's annoyed me is now I've been told that he thinks my right. See, it annoyed me. This sounds really bad because I'd either one be able to want to see properly and have perfect vision in the other eye, or B again just be told nothing can be done. But we're at a stage where now he's delaying the certification on me. Said they probably won't because they reckon if it heals. I will have 2020 vision in that eye. So I don't get my certification. I also don't, he's also said legally, I will be able to drive if it heals. So the letter that they said they was going to write for me has now been postponed. So I can't get travel help or anything like that as well now. But they've got to see it in like four to five weeks, see how it's doing. If it's continued to improve, they'll do nothing. If it isn't, or it's getting worse, they'll operate on my right eye again. So again, that leaves me in limbo with no absolute. It probably means that the PIP claim we've put in is now just pointless. We'll probably get a rejection on that with no way to sort of like really sort of like uh, appeal it or anything like that as well. 
even though I'm still struggling, I still can't cook for myself. I still can't make my own coffees. Um, I still ideally need help getting about. You know, I'm still getting decent vision in the mornings when I wake up because I've not been moving about and the blood settles. So that's when I get my gaming time in. Um, I've spent the last two weeks pretty much just sat in the living room. So I've had some minor improvements. So I've been able to play a couple of games. But again, I'm really not, I'm not playing as much as I would love to because I don't want to do too much damage. So when I play, say I've been playing like an hour, two hours, that's in like 15 minute segments. Uh, which is why the Switch is brilliant, by the way, because I can play 15 minutes, put it to sleep and come back. Yeah. But yeah, it's really frustrating. And it, do you know when if it starts to spiral in that way? So that's all gone. Treat myself, um, and lots of generosity, by the way, for my birthday, to everyone that helped, thank you. Um, got a, enough money in that we went out for a lovely family meal. Um, I picked up a couple of items, of like a couple of T-shirts, because I needed some new clothes, because sat around the um, the old gut is getting bigger. And I bought a Pandora box double arcade stick. So like really treat myself like a nice way to do my 40th um, and stuff like that. Thank you to everyone that contributed to that. I really, honestly, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I meant to say last week, but I've ADHD. Um, but I wanted to make sure that came out now. Uh, but then yesterday, before recording, my, my partner's car broke, uh, which she needs to work. The wishbone snapped on the front tyres, which meant she couldn't turn it or anything like that. Had to oh, get no. that fixed. That's cost us over 300 quid. And it, you know, you should go to the point where just going, why? And I feel like, I feel like I'm being punished now for, or we're, as a family, we're being punished for splashing out a bit last weekend and celebrating, you know, spending like what we've done on a, like going out to a Chinese buffet. The, the bits I bought myself with birthday money. I was told specifically, spend unwisely. Do treat yourself with it. Don't make sure it don't go on bills and stuff like that. Yeah. And I've done that. And now this happens. You know, you just go, you I shouldn't have done that. And you I should have gone against what people said and just used it for bills oh. and things like that. I mean, it would have gone, but it's just like, oh, crap. every little time you think it's going well. So I think I put on Twitter the other day, just can life give us a break? Just once yeah. give us a break. Uh, my only hope now is that, uh, you know, when they do the uh, PIP assessment, the person sitting there doing it just goes, well, yeah, whatever. There you go. Accepted. And not bothers checking things properly. That's my only hope. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah, that'll do. But I doubt that'll happen because um, I think they're probably like proper sticklers for red tape and everything. But uh, how, uh, one of these, why I'm glad I don't, I'm not a big advocate of everything should be medication. Uh, because mental health is a lot more than just taking the right medication. But at the same time, uh, if I didn't have the support networks I have and the medication, Christ knows what this last week would have done to me. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. I, I, I mean, Christ knows what the last year would have done to me, in all fairness. But um, yeah, it's just one of those things you try and sort of like put it down. You say to people this, this, and this. And you just go, it sounds made up. It, 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 that one person cannot have that much bad luck and I've been this is kind of leading to this I found um, someone on YouTube recently um, called Mooncat who is uh, so Mooncat is a left wing YouTuber and she calls out poor practices so she she goes after sort of like idiots on the internet right wing opinions like uh, male chauvinistic 
crap, multi-level marketing and exposes all that. I've been really enjoying um, listening to her. Um, can't work out how old she is. She looks like quite young, like early to mid-20s, but she references a load of things from like the 80s stuff that we would have grown up with so like Noel's house party and surprise surprise and stuff like that and not in a a, a way where it's just oh she's, she's googled it she kind of knows it yeah I was like yeah. but you don't look like you're nearly 40 I don't quite how what and I don't you know whatever uh, but she's really <laughs> really she's really really sort of like good and sort of like um, listening to I don't even know what my point is at the moment how I found it but yeah she's really good to listen to and it's like, okay, things like that, where you just, like, you're listening to people and they're kind of on your, your radar and you kind of find, I, without, I don't want to sound creepy stalker, but a kindred spirit in terms of what their opinions are and, and stuff like that has been really, really good. One of the arguments you still hear from people, especially from the right wing and the, the elites, is that you've just got to try harder. You've just got to want it more. You know, save some money. If you save some money you wouldn't have trouble with these bills or these unexpected costs. Um, and a video I watched from Mooncat only yesterday was, was really brilliant, where she, where she spoke about, it's only certain people that can say that. If you're having to save, or you're having to spend daily just to keep your head above water, you can't save. You try and save. So you've got these people who sort of like start making money or they can invest a little bit of their trust fund into starting their own business and go, it's just all that hard work that I was able to do it. And you can't do that if you're from certain backgrounds. And that's why I thought, well, that's the sort of background I'm from. I'm a council kid. I've got, I'm not, I'm not ashamed of being a council kid, but I'm a council kid. And as much as you'll get people go, I came from nothing. 99.999% of people who say they came from nothing are bullshit. They came from something. They got yep. a boost somewhere. Whether it's a, rel- a, you know, a relative has died and left them a load of money, they got that boost somewhere. Whereas, and for the 0.0000001% that do come from nothing, that is lightning. That you know, it, it, it is. It's a once in a blue moon thing that happens. It that that is not the example of well, this person did it, so everyone can do it. No, and if everyone did it, no one would do it because everyone's equal. So you don't have these success stories. But yeah, it kind of like that's the other thing you always hear, and I I I'll never forget. And it's um the one time that it really hit home was struggling for money just before the pandemic. Um, I wouldn't say to you, it's around the time, just before Pokemon Sword and Shield came out because it was the London setting and there was going to be a, uh, there was a London Pokemon store and they had the, uh, you could get the little Pikachu with the bowler hat and everything. And we we went to take Edith down to the Pokemon store and we got there and we realised the queues were ridiculously long and she was never going to get in. She was really upset. And I remember moaning about it about to someone I was working for. And they ended up taking it back on me going, well, you know, this is why you've got no money. You waste your money doing these sort of things. And it was like, part of me just like, just hit home. I just kind of went, uh, okay. And I thought, actually, no. Taking my daughter to see something she loves. Okay, it went wrong. But taking her to see something, that's not something I will ever, ever substitute for trying to work harder or do more work for hopefully a bit more money. But ignore my family, ignore my daughter ignore my son you know they always come first their fun their enjoyment they are having life experience always comes first 
at the expense of of me as long as they've got a roof over their head which is a struggle sometimes not gonna lie to keep the roof over their head as long as they're fed doesn't help none of my kids like what i call 80s meals they won't happily eat bloody finders crispy pancakes and super noodles the bloody heathens my god i know you know they won't eat frozen burgers and chips because a greasy crap no they want their pastas and their their homemade meals because that's our fault because that we god i was just gonna say just just put them up for adoption i think that's the only answer to be honest well then i'd have money yeah uh but sell them yeah sell them yeah they come first and that's when really at home when i was trying someone tried to make me feel bad for putting my kids first and making them enjoy something because i struggle i don't enjoy life every day because as an adult it's (laughs) i think that's the only way you can really describe life (laughs) as an adult sometimes it's i don't want my then two-year-old daughter to be looking at life and going oh dad life it isn't it no <laughs> she can find that out when she's 18 yeah yeah so I, I i really don't know what my point is i i don't know but i hope in somewhere in there it's kind of made sense where my brain's at at the moment yeah it's been a really hard week for you and it's a hard week on top of everything you know it's kind of like yeah we're doing all these things but you know my life at the moment is comparatively smooth you know touch wood mm. but even with it being smooth there's still there's still brexit you know there's still people at <laughs> petrol stations fighting each other you know there's there's still job insecurity there's still covid you know even just going through an ordinary day is is difficult and yeah, it's important to sometimes step back and go, yeah, no, I'm not being, like, in inverted commas, weak for being upset, you know, and for this affecting my mental health. Because it's a terrible situation and, you know, you have to acknowledge that it is. And, you know, I think you really you've done very, very well considering <laughs> all the, you know, the situation as it is. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I know you're not blind smoke up, but it's good to hear that sometimes because sometimes you sit there yourself and you go, what? Why? How am I doing? I don't even know anymore. So to hear someone's going, you know, you're doing what you can. You know, no one can ask anymore. I appreciate that, obviously, Stu. But it's yeah, just wanted to, I did uh, release of just this week's been crap, and it's just this week. Yeah, that was all just this week. So be grateful it's not built up over the last few months. I've actually had a few half decent weeks before that, even with the eye issues. Yeah, and the week's not over yet. It could get, could get, it could get worse. You never know. And on that cheery note, <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, no, it could, but it could also get better. Who knows? Um, exactly. Yes. Yeah, and that's why it's important to to acknowledge these things and just go, yes, this is bad, because then is then helpful for when you say, ah, this is good, and it uh, it's easier to recognise them and to to recognise that states change you know that it, yeah. it will be bad at one point and it will be good again at another so yeah no it's, it's honesty in these situations is to honesty to yourself is always a good thing yeah. and as i said on twitter i you know i can either hope that we get a fair and just system that allows everyone equal opportunity to to live in a in a, in a positive way give everyone homes regardless you know that, that suit their needs without charging that over the top get a fair and just system or I can take the last few pennies I have, stick it all on four at the roulette table and hope that gets my fortune. Yeah. Um, I know which one I've got more of a chance of being winner on. Number four it is. <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah, I'll take it to you to take us out, Stu. 
Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, so as I just mentioned, you know, acknowledging oh, that... Oh, crap, th- it landed on seven. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, yeah, no, as I said, you know, acknowledging that things are difficult is perfectly legitimate. You know, it, everybody should be doing that. They should recognise that things are a strain and that you don't have to be okay and perfect and all right and just taking it in your stride all the time these things have an impact on us and if you recognize it that's slightly towards the way of being able to help you get out of that situation Uh, it's a situation not of our control or or choosing in a lot of cases so yeah my only recommendation there is speak to people you know stay open stay honest and make sure that you're communicating how you really feel locate the people in your life who you trust who you can tell these things to and then yeah just just lean on them because most of the time they won't resent it so go for it and hopefully we help a little bit as somewhere that talks about these things and can give you a little bit of a release about that sort of thing as well and you are always welcome to join our discord which is very active i would highly recommend that you do that also you know follow all of our content on the socials as usual but no matter what you do and no matter how bad your week is going to be hopefully not as bad as brad's you should stay safe and if you can stay sane